This episode of the YVR Screen Scene Podcast is brought to you by Fish Flight Entertainment. This episode was sponsored in part by listeners like you. Join our Patreon community and receive early access to episodes, bonus content, stickers, buttons, and more. Visit www.patreon.com slash YVR Screen Scene Podcast. Welcome to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast, where we pull back the curtain and expose the beating heart to the Vancouver film and television industry, namely the actors and filmmakers and other talented artists who do the work, capital T, capital W. I'm Sabrina Ronnie Firminger, and today I am Deeply honored to welcome David Milchard and Ken Lawson to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast. When was the last time you laughed? Really, really laughed. Laughed so hard that you almost peed your pants. I remember the last time I laughed. It was a cat video. Two cats were facing off and then one of them stood up on its hind legs and shuffled like Michael Jackson and someone added the music for Beat It. It wasn't actually all that funny, come to think of it, but good Lord, did I laugh. I laughed till my sides hurt. What made it memorable and remarkable in my life is that I hadn't laughed like that in eons. Literal, actual, documentable eons. So God bless that shuffling cat. It's hard to laugh in the age of COVID, it's nigh on impossible to be carefree when people are dying and suffering and to carry on like everything is normal when the world hasn't been truly normal since March of 2020. And I would even argue since long before that. The cognitive dissonance required to function can be too much to bear. And that's been my experience, at least. My mental health has been shit. I believe that's the clinical term. It's been shit. I know I'm not alone. I know it's hard for a lot of us to laugh. While it's hard to laugh, while it's nigh on impossible, it's not impossible. Laughter is possible. It's necessary. You might even say laughter is medicine. Perhaps not the best medicine, but it is most definitely therapeutic. Much better than ivermectin. I wrote this like two months ago. Some of my jokes are super outdated. Anyway, these two gents who are on the show today are committed to getting people laughing again by whatever means necessary. Well, mostly with audience-fueled controversial comedy powered by stories, character-driven improv scenes, and hilarious spontaneous songs with ripping guitar solos. I'm talking about David and Ken, colon, comedy with music. The brainchild of Vancouver comedy legends and screen scene regulars David Milchard and Ken Lawson. David's already a friend of the podcast who appeared on the show about a year ago in his brilliantly bonkers feature film, Fucking Idiots, still love saying that title, screened at the Vancouver International Film Festival. Ken, well, he's not a longtime friend of the pod. We're 
pretty much just meeting him now, but we feel like we know him already after enjoying his work on improv stages around town. Between the two of them, David and Ken have hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of movie and television credits in productions by Netflix, ABC, Amazon, NBC, The C-Dub, Disney, and the YouTube sensation Convos with My Two-Year-Old. Today, I am going to grill these funny fellas about comedy in the age of COVID, how comedy has changed, how audiences have changed, and what we lose when we don't let loose with laughter. David Milchard, Ken Lawson, welcome to the Why Bear Screen Scene Podcast. Hello. Hello. Or, or should I say welcome back? Because as I referenced Thanks. in my intro, um, I did write it two months ago. Two months ago, we sat down to record. Uh, I was, I was, it was over Zoom. I was in the Fish Flight office. Yeah. Uh, I read the intro. It was awesome. We were all really feeling it. And then the power went off. Yeah. And uh, didn't come God on for the rest of the day. Us. Yeah, they really, God, she really did not want this to happen. She did not want this conversation yeah. to happen. Just like several other things we're excited to tell you about that yeah. God did not want us to do. Now, there's a tear coming from your eye. Are you sure you're excited to tell me about all the things that God did not want, want you to do? I'm so excited. <laughs> all the opportunities to pivot. Oh, I love so many pivoting. pivoting opportunities. Oh, uh, can I can I just say something? Fantastic intro, Sabrina. Thank you. Good Lord, it was poetic. It was literate. And there was also one word in there that I was kind of curious about. You said we're doing controversial comedy. I think we might be one of the least controversial comedians out there. I, I, I mean, to be perfectly honest, I don't even know where that came from. <laughs> That's from two months ago. I'm not even sure. Two months sure. ago, we were controversial. <laughs> now we're not... very, we're very well, excessive. But isn't this I'm supposed actually... to be a little bit of controversy in order oh, to make something happen. funny, it's gonna a little happen. bit of conflict, some, some friction? What do you I think, think David? Are... I think we actually are. Uh, it depends on the perspective through which you're looking at the word controversial and how you relate it to comedy. I think we actually are controversial comedians because we, we, we don't approach comedy the same way other comedians approach comedy. Uh, I believe. I feel like we actually try to find a lot of fun and, and uh, comedy in positive stuff. We find some dark stuff to make some fun uh, about, but generally, uh, whereas most comedians, I mean, from a lot of the Netflix specials I've been watching, there seems to be a lot of hard-cutting, abrasive observations that are happening out there. And, and I wouldn't say that that's what we do. I think we, no, we explore we an idea, I mean, explore a topic, and uh, and and approach it with curiosity, and that's where the comedy yeah. comes from. Yeah, I don't that's mean a... to cause problems between the two of you, I but are you both yeah, we're coming? We're split up. We're yeah. no longer. <laughs> this is oh, it. Yeah, this yeah. is it. And we had D David and Ken Colin comedy with music might be something <laughs> different. No, yeah. but is it possible that that you are approaching comedy from different places? You talking about David and, and I, Sabrina? Mm hmm. I think we, you know, we, we sometimes playfully talk about the, the tension, the creative tension between us and how we do things. I think we've actually got a, we come from a very similar place because we've been doing it together for a super long time, like 18 years. So I actually, all kidding aside, I think we actually do a, it, it pretty similarly. That's what makes it work so well. 
but how we approach certain topics is definitely going to be different. Like, mm. I really do love what David just said there. We've never had this conversation before, which is awesome. Well done. I'm a therapist. Already. Yeah. I love it. The controversial, we've just redefined controversial because controversial is historically seen as being kind of negative and, and maybe, mm. uh, but David just flipped it that we're actually controversial in the way that we're approaching things from a more positive <laughs> angle. Ooh. That's kind of interesting. I like that we redefine the word. Okay. Redefining what we but do. Not just, I really believe this uh, as I toot my own horn for us, Ken. I, I, I mean, we're also, we're, we're also doing it. That's what our horn sounds like. Sabrina. I'm just curious which colon that's coming out of. <laughs> I only have one, David. Okay. Or do you um, mean between me and Sabrina? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> listen, there's three colons on this podcast. Uh-huh. Okay. Four if you include the one in our title. That's correct. But I, I, I mean like the approach of like, um, you know, let's, let's find a topic. Let's talk to people. Let's connect with people in the room. And we don't necessarily come with material in our back pockets that we've rehearsed and refined and, and dialed in to be a perfect, you know, laser joke. So people get to watch us pew, pew. Uh, sometimes stumble and then sometimes succeed and rise from the ashes and it becomes this glorious moment that we all shared. That to me is a controversial way to approach comedy. Walking on stage without any material at all? Yeah. Some would say it's stupid. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that. Can, can we go back in time to the to before? to the yeah. before times totally. uh, because you have been you know according according to my research you've been funny for a long time this is not just a recent turn of turn of events how how would you describe comedy pre-covid versus comedy now my first thought would be like pre-covid uh you could even go uh pre-weinstein oh wow tell me more uh, well, because I mean, like, you know, like all, all of these things that have sort of have been revealed and, you know, the curtain's been pulled back about people's behavior uh, and people's ideas about all sorts of um, topics uh, has definitely shifted, I think, maybe how comedy works, because before comedy, it felt like you say you say some stuff that's you know, whatever you think, you make a joke about it, everything can be made fun of, you can poke fun at everything. And that's, that's, hey, you're a comedian, that's what you do. But now it seems like we have to be a bit more thoughtful about that approach um, and maybe be a bit more aware of the impact of uh, the type of things that are said and, and how you say them. I think we are. Uh, I think it's even more than, I agree with that. And I think it's even more than uh, we have to be more thoughtful. Uh, we are more thoughtful because I think everyone's evolved. I think a lot of people have evolved in the past four years around issues and are more aware of, oh, in the past, maybe I've said something that I didn't really think about the impact of it. But hmm. there's now an awareness. So you can, you've got a couple of choices. You can choose to ignore that and go, well, I don't need to change anything. It's my right as a comedian to say anything, which some people do that road. Or you can choose to go, I've, I've changed as a human and I'm now more aware of my impact on other humans. So I need to, I've got a responsibility to be aware of that while still um, pushing things. 
and challenging things, which we all know is it's, I believe, historically and still currently really important for comedians to do, to push and challenge things. Is this really the case? Is it? Let's push it and find out. Why are we laughing at this? What's the purpose of this laugh? Do you feel awkward laughing at that? What does that tell you? Mm. So it's, it's, it's really interesting. But also, you know, in another thing around COVID that's very unique, I've joked about this several times, especially live, is the first, the most important thing about a comedy show now is that people feel physically, health-wise, safe and comfortable. Mm. And now we can be funny. Because if you don't feel, it's like Maslow's hierarchy of, of needs. If you don't have that physical safety in your food and, 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 and shelter isn't taken care of, you can't get to the self-actualization at the top. You can't talk about all those things unless you're safe. And I'm not necessarily talking about safe spaces psychologically, which is another thing that's important. But we're literally talking about physical health safety. Yeah. How close am I to these people? Because if I'm thinking about that, I can't get in the flow of what's happening and I can't relax and laugh. Yeah. And speaking of that, so that's new. You know, like the flow, like when we do our shows at Havana every Saturday, uh, 7.30 p.m., David Akin's Comedy with Music, and of course at 10 p.m. Improv Cocktail Hour. Um, <laughs> that, was, that was such a natural <laughs> plug. I mean, that really did go with the flow. Unlike right? his hair, unlike his hair. <laughs> But, but what I mean by, by, by that is because we're doing so much improv, what I think is fascinating is that, you know, improv is about like following your instincts, discovering where the story or the comedy is going to go and, and, and not blocking yourself, not resisting an impulse. And that's where it gets really interesting in comedy because, mm. you know, this is gonna, this will sound pretentious, but I think we're supposed to just be mirrors of what's going on. And it's not necessarily my perspective of how I feel about certain things, especially if I'm taking on a character in a scene or taking on a character mm. that has a certain perspective in a scene. Um, so we're actually like a mirror of what is going on around us. And as improvisers, we're supposed to just like, be in the moment and be a conduit. And so that's where it gets kind of tricky with mm. what we're doing. And that's where I ask of the audience and of the world, I think a lot of people uh, say and maybe do things, um, as certainly in the improv world, that aren't necessarily exactly, that's not who they are, what they are, doesn't define who they are. They're just following the art form. And so we have to have leeway for that. We have to have... Mm some flexibility to know that, oh, if I go to a comedy show, there's a chance I might be offended. So mm. when you buy that ticket and you come, you know, we, we, it's a bit of a, it's a, it's a two-way street is what, I'm, is what I'm, I'm saying. So I think we're somewhere in the middle, Ken. We're like, be thoughtful yeah. of what we're doing, but also be totally. bold and, and explore. Yeah. So you don't feel um, handcuffed then from, from, from pushing things, from exploring issues? Because there are some... S s very notable examples of some, you know, celebrated uh, comedians with very long careers behind them who are like, ah, oh, we can't talk about anything anymore. You can't joke right. about anything anymore. Everybody's too sensitive. And also cancel culture, mm -hmm. which is always the sound that they make when they talk about cancel culture. Ugh. That's you know? that's, that's for sure. That is the sound. How do you Great respond question. to that? Well, I mean, when, like, don't get me wrong. When I when I perform, there's there's. I a, just got you wrong. What? <gasps> yeah, I just got you wrong. You got me wrong right there. 
What a funny saying. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Is that a Shania Twain song? I think it is. It's got Don't get me wrong. Oh, there it is. You got the time. Um, so there's definitely, like, coming back and doing it, it was definitely very, it was kind of like, walking on, walking on, broken glass. Da, 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 da. It was kind of like that. Uh, but as it goes on, I'm slowly kind of like shedding that 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 feeling of like um, that that uh, t- a timidness and um, yeah. slightly fe- I'm still that's gone. It's not as much as it used to be. I think it's partly because I also get a sense that people are recognizing, you know, what's happening in this. You know, I'm coming to a comedy show, so. Maybe yeah. now people, at first it was like this, now we're pulling back and the pendulum's kind of coming back to the middle again. Yeah. Now, in those months when the clubs were closed and live performances, you know, like play, live, venues that had, had live performances were closed a lot longer than everything else. What did we lose? Like, what did we lose either culturally or, you know, as, as human beings, you know, when those cultural spaces were closed, if we lost anything at all. Connection. Yeah. yeah. I think that we lost one of the most critical things, which is connection. And I think uh, I was talking with another friend the other day about uh, someone, a friend of mine, her friend wrote an article on divisiveness and polarization and mm-hmm. the rise of polarization and the rise of binary thought. And, and I really believe a lot of that is due to two things, the obvious one being social media, but the thing that would balance out social media is congregation of people, actually seeing people, connecting with people, getting to look in the eye, even people you know. It's easy if you've not seen this one for a long time and you hear something that they've said or see something they've said to start telling the stories in your head about what that means. And we're very good storytellers, and we're also wired in our brains to look for the negative, to look for danger. You know, someone said to me the other day too that negative, uh, negative things and negative thoughts are like Velcro, but positive thoughts are like Teflon. They kind of mm. slip away. That's just how our brains work. So I think with that lack of congregation, literally getting together, which then prevents connection, it had an opportunity for the rise of polarization and fear of mm. each other and fear of other things too, obviously. But I think that's been the big one, connection and all the associated things that happen when we don't have it. Yeah, yeah when, when we don't have connection, we don't see other points of view. We don't have an mm-hmm. opportunity for conversation to open up our minds and look at things from a different angle or perspective. Uh, and then, you know, you go to your, your algorithmic news feed, which is there to send you information to keep you on a platform for an extended period of time. And there you go. Now you're slowly narrowing your vision. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that people can get their uh, congregation and community and connection maybe Saturday nights at 7.30 and 10 <laughs> at the Havana on Commercial Drive in Vancouver? That's, That's correct. correct. Okay. Yes. Yes. Right. Yes. Comedy with music based on your Hold suggestions it. and interactions. We create songs and little scenes to make you feel good and connected. Yeah. No. I think actually after today, we should yeah. change the title though to David and Ken's philosophy. And yeah. yeah. I did not know we were going to be talking about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. So right. like, I'm just, I'm just I thought so Ken happy. was suggesting he wanted a drink. <laughs> 
Like a Maslow-Tov cocktail? Oh, yeah, I guess that's okay. something you throw and blow up. Or just, you know, some weird martini. I don't know. I I just I can like the meeting of like all of these like anarchists and you show up, you know, everybody's making like Molotov cocktails and you show up and you're like, wait, I have my shaker. What's... Hi, everyone. What's happening? <laughs> Got your yeah. cocktails ready? <laughs> like, I don't, like, I, I think you might be at the wrong thing. Let's yeah, revolt. <laughs> See, now that's the kind of revolution I'm looking for. What about COVID? Like, are you in your show able to talk about COVID? Do you laugh at COVID? Like, is there is there anything funny about COVID itself? Yeah, <laughs> we have a whole that, song, haven't we? Yeah, we, we have a whole song telling COVID. Am I allowed to swear? Fuck yeah! Wait, you were on my show. We talked to a fucking idiots for forty five minutes. Listen, I, I just had that. You know what? I had a moment. I, I had a moment of fear of what am I allowed? What am I allowed to say or not say? Ah. Um, uh, we have a, a song where we tell COVID to fuck off. Um, a lot. A lot. And we, we, we talk about it a little bit, but we also thought, you know, people talk about it enough. So perhaps yeah. we should just talk about other things. We used to start the show, Sabrina. Like, the show's evolved, obviously, because the first time we did it, it was like that was the only thing on everyone's minds. Is, Jesus Christ, we come out and there's people in the same rooms breathing the same ear. The same ear, I mean the same air, and they would be breathing our ears. And it was also because during our, 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 we did a lot of um, live streaming, and we had a sheet of plexiglass between us, which mm. I weirdly miss. It's really strange. We had this giant sheet of plexiglass between David and I when we shoot our show. So our first live show, we came out, there was plexiglass in front of us, which kind of doesn't make sense in some ways. And then we get rid of it like a couple weeks later. So we had all these weird iterations of our show where we gradually started started reducing the signs that something was wrong. But mm. we leaned heavily into it at the beginning. We'd come out and we cleaned everything. Before mm. we said a word, we cleaned everything. But then as David said, we decided, you know what? When people come, sort of goes back to the first thing I said, we want people to feel safe, so why remind them? Assume that it is safe. Assume that they understand there's a contract when they come in. We're automatically taking care of the safety. And why bring it up? It's all our nervous systems have felt for a year and a half. Let's have an escape. Mm -hmm. And we're not afraid if, we, if it comes up, we'll lean into a, a dumb joke about it. Um, and people love our song. We end our show with that song. And everyone's like, you know, super into it. And they're like, yes, COVID, fuck you. And the because main part of the song, sorry, Ken, the main part of the song just in there. Is, is that we're saying thank you to all the people that help, frontline workers, nurses, mm -hmm. doctors, masks, all that sort of stuff. So it's, it's also a thank you song. In fact, that's what it's called, thank you. It's and on Spotify it. and it's also on Amazon. And oh. iTunes. And I too. Oh. And, and hopefully I'll be able to, uh, one of you could send me an audio file, and then we'll close the show with it as well. Hey. Yeah. That is, that's called producing. You're good. I, I mean. Wow. Yeah, I know. Can I, can I just say something? <laughs> can, I, can I just say something what we are talking about earlier? Because this is a really great conversation. Um, and, I, and I could probably talk about this stuff for hours. You had said oh, something yeah, about earlier. Yeah, I know you can. Get, re get ready. Get ready. Um, about what was different um, about in this era. And I think it's, I like to think of it as we've got tiny little focus groups in our brain. Mm. And during improv, your focus groups, you, you reference your focus group before you respond. 
And I think we've just had to have a few more focus groups, a few more little voices in our head. Is this going to be okay just to run it through? And as time goes on, that time gets smaller and smaller. I become more comfortable with, oh, I've now, my defaults have shifted in, in what is okay to talk about from my perspective, because I think it's a really personal perspective. So I think it's a referencing of a bit of a little focus group. And it's a very micro second uh, situation, but there's, there was more of an awareness of, oh, I need to run this past the focus group before I say it. Yeah, let's talk yeah. a little bit more about the people who live in your head, Ken. I'm yeah, very, yeah, I think we're yeah, all very right? interested in that. There's a what? lot of them. <laughs> what, what kind, I'm sorry, what are, what are these focus groups asking? You know, what, what well, are some of the questions that, that might not have been present, you know, before COVID and before all the so, social justice revolutions that have also yeah. happened, at, you know, at around the same time as the pandemic. Which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, just being aware of, of a new awareness being running it through uh, a cultural focus group, running it through a uh, gender focus group, just mm. these things that we're, we're uh, societally and collectively becoming more aware of and learning and then going, okay, well, how much, because learning is a spectrum, it's not, we're not there yet. We're gonna look back five years from now and go, oh, wow. We were so we're probably we're probably quite immature in our thinking around a lot of things mm. and pendulums swing and sensitivities are increased and then they go back and then they kind of uh, um, we get more we get to the new normal which is a phrase we're all so sick of uh, but i think that's really it it's just running it past a is simple this okay is yeah. there something um that i will feel comfortable with two weeks from now that i said and I also got to push it sometimes and take the chance that this might be seen taken the wrong way. Yeah. I can't be, uh, 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 what do you call it, handcuffed by it. And I don't feel handcuffed by it. I feel like, you know, years ago, people were talking about accents. People, you, improvisers used to do every accent in the world, no matter who you were, mm -hmm. years ago. Didn't even think about it. Um, but now you look back and go, oh yeah, maybe, uh, maybe I shouldn't have. But you didn't know. You can't yeah. apply today's moral morality to yesterday's reality. To re reality, and to to punish yourself for that, you didn't know. But when you know better, do better. That's just mm. kind of it, right? Well, the 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 thing that I always remember that uh, a great comedy writer told me, who I've known for many years, he just said, "Does it make people feel gross?" Yeah. So Does it make it people of, feel gross. If people go, ah, yeah. and if people go, ah, or feel gross, then it doesn't matter what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. uh, if it makes people feel gross, and, and again, some people are not going to feel gross about, about anything. There's a very slight, but if you're like averaging it out, is this thing going to make people feel gross? Well, we don't want anyone to feel gross. That's not what comedy is. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean you don't, want to, you don't want to challenge people's thinking and get them to look at something from a different perspective. But are you going to make people feel gross? And I always think that's a good filter. Like, is this just going to make everybody go, <gasps> and everyone's colons are going to uh, uh, clench? Um, wow, so much colon talk today. <laughs> well, I mean, I got back from Mexico. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Okay. And that killed the conversation. Well, thank you so much for being here today. Um, I, I'd like to hear about some memorable moments 
or memorable feedback that you've had with or from audiences mm. to your shows? Oh, I've got a good one right away, Ken. Oh, go, David, oh, go, oh, David, go. You can go. go, you can go, you can go. So we did, we were doing a show at Havana, 7.30, David and Ken's comedy with music. Um, <laughs> and 10 o'clock. And 10 o'clock improv cocktail hour. So we're doing a show and it's at the David and Ken comedy with music. We, we sing some songs, we have some great, it was one of those, well, all, actually lately our shows, have, I feel like our shows have just been getting better and better. Yes. And the connection with the audience was really wonderful. And then after I go You're around and I thank people for coming to the show. Mm. And, um, then so this couple's there and this woman comes up to me and she says uh, can I give you a hug I really want to give you a hug and I went well yeah yeah yes of course you can give me a hug were you masked uh, and uh, yes we were masked and we, we hugged and uh, and then you know she said thank you so much I just really wanted to hug you for having such a great time and she laughed and I remember going oh that was really nice because you know we used to hug people a lot after various different mm -hmm. comedy shows that we've done over the years. Um, and uh, because people like they've have a bond and a connection with you and they want to like, they really, you know, want to let you know that they, they love the show more they than just a like, piece of you. Good show, you know? Um, and I just remember going, that was, I was like, Oh, that really made me feel nice. Cause I forgot like, Oh, that's, that's how some people want to communicate. They don't want to say good show. They want to say, I want to yeah. hug you and hold you and be like, this was such a great thing. And I'm so glad I came, you know, it was really That's nice. That's awesome. I feel mm -hmm. like our show is kind of a bit of a, our show is like a hug. Like, mm -hmm. it, like actually, as you're saying that, like if I could have a metaphor for our show, it's like we, we often say the words joy and connection. It's kind of an, a, a metaphorical hug. Mm -hmm. So I love that, David. I don't know if you've told me that before. I, uh, I, we, I we had another one. We had another one yesterday. I think I told where, you, Ken. I told you. But after post show, you though, you probably you probably didn't tell me. But post show, you're just so excited and you're so high because of because of all the things you're talking about, Sabrina. Like, like it's just it's actually I feel emotion talking about it right now because people are just lit up and and they're being more human. They're being more connected. We we're lighting each other up, and we missed lighting each other up. Mm. Good Christ, we need each other. Fuck, right? <laughs> we just need each other and we miss that. And, and I'm so, it's like an honor to be like, that's what we get to do. We, we actually create, we've said this a few times too, that we, we get to create like a little community in, in our, every show becomes a little community. People get to know each other. We make them look at each other and, and say things to each other that are ridiculous. Mm -hmm. They'll sing very quietly together. And that's awesome. And yesterday, uh, someone who was a, a fan of ours on our live stream, we had this awesome community around the world that would tune in every week. And then some of them have come to see our show. Some of them have driven six hours to come and see our physical show because they joined us all last year on the, Not on the this live week. stream. Not this week. <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk about that in a bit. But she, one of them sent a video. She brought her little nephew malcolm david malcolm, yeah. malcolm and we ended up singing this song to this little 12 year old kid hmm. about malcolm and that family comes first it was just so absurd instead of soccer and we had everyone spelling out his name and he was just became this little hero and she sent me a video of it last night and Aww. it's this little kid then she turned the camera to him and he was just kind of like so here's this little kid maybe his first live comedy show hmm. 
wearing a mask indicating something is fucked up. Yeah. But still having this lovely experience of the whole room celebrating him. Yeah. Wow. You're going to have to come to the show. Breaks my I would I would love to. Um before I get to my my final question, uh which What? I think will be I know, which I think uh will be helpful to people who have felt deep sadness over the last year and a half, two years all over the world. Um I would like to give you the chance maybe David to talk to talk a little bit about what is or isn't happening this week. Uh and uh, yeah. Because uh, we're recording the the week of some pretty epic uh, storms, atmospheric rivers, some intense flooding, flooded and mudded highways. It's our basically it's a clusterfuck in our province right now. Um, and so, can you tell me about the impact that this is having on? Let me find the title again: David and Ken colon comedy with music exclamation point. You got it. You got it. We're you're nailing this. Thank yeah. You. Well, earlier we started the 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 chat about pivoting, and uh, I'm I'm pretty pivoted out. I'm getting pretty. <laughs> I'm 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 pivot tired. Uh, hopefully the comedy's better than that this Saturday. At God, I hope so. Our show. Um, <laughs> but we are. We were supposed to do some shows up in Salmon Arm. Our first proper produced show outside of Vancouver, working with the, the Shoe Swap Theater up in Salmon Arm. And now I think after this, we have to make the sad phone call of going, I don't think we can come up and now we got to reschedule. And, you know, we're doing shows in, uh, uh, hopefully still in Kamloops on Jan 13th and in Cologne on Jan 14th, but we don't know. Uh, I mean, it sounds like some of these roads might take weeks to re recover and then, I also, I don't know how that impedes other people getting to the show or yeah. wanting to even travel. Are people going to feel comfortable driving on the highways because of who knows what? And all that to say is, yeah, it looks like, you know, yet another um, obstacle has, you know, sort of crimped our opportunity to try and uh, have that connection and, and do what we what we do best. And that is, you know... Uh, have a lot of fun with a group of people and, and make people laugh with song and, and chat and stuff. And, you know, all I can all I can ask of everybody is that when it's, you know, when you can get out there and go support live anything, anything that's live, go support it because it's uh, it's been quite a journey. It's been hard for everybody. It's yeah. been hard for everyone. Oh and there's been loss of life. Yeah, uh, you know, devastating. But the arts are important. I don't know, I think that people, we might sometimes forget how important. Yeah, you can sit at home and watch Netflix and, and watch Amazon and that's great. And there'll be some great life lessons learned watching that. But I don't believe anything beats being in a room with rubbing elbows with people, everyone double vaxxed and COVID's under control, all that sort of stuff. Uh, and having that group mindset together and go on a magic carpet ride of comedy <laughs> and fun. Yeah. Um, so here is my last question then. Oh, you can have two more. No, th this is the one. This is what everything has really been building to. So I, I, I want to gotcha. put some proper gra <clears throat> gravitas in my voice as I ask it. I like it. What kind of advice do you have for anyone located anywhere in the world who hasn't 
laughed easily mm -hmm. since before the pandemic. Whew. What kind of advice? The first one that popped in my head when you said that is reach out mm -hmm. because we, you need that. It's that connection. And if you can, you know, even just I was uh, recently walking outside with a friend and we just were giggling at stupid things, you know, get out there and giggle at stupid things, the absurdity of it. Like it's 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 so ironic that in the biggest some of the biggest times that we've needed laughter, we couldn't get together to make it happen. You need that to get together. It's like people are little flints, right? The little flints that when we get together, it causes the spark. And often it's that, it's that release of tension, the laughter. So to get together with your little flint humans, if you can, and just try and find the absurdity in it. Allow yourself that things aren't, I think we get caught up in that things were too precious or this is too, too serious to, to laugh about, which we can tend to forget that without looking at it lightly, looking at it lightly, lightly and laughing about it actually increases our capacity to deal with it. Mm. It's important to find the lightness so that we can actually deal with it. And that's true for big social movements as well. You have to find the lightness and the release so that you can actually do the work. If you want to look at it that way too, never mind also surviving. That's what I would say. My mom, my mom, uh, 86, 87 now. World War II, polio, all these other, all this, she's gone through it all. She was quite funny when, when all this was happening because she's a bit, you know, a, a tough British woman. Mm. But the thing that she would, would always say is you got to find the funny side of everything. Have to. If, if, you, if you don't find the funny side of something horrible, then it's just horrible. Yeah. That's exactly. <laughs> so find Always the look on the bright side of life. You have to. It's literally a survival mechanism. And there's a reason we've got it. And don't be afraid to use it. Mm -hmm. Nothing's too precious to not have that. I've laughed at funerals. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? Good God. We've had, we've had collective funerals. We need to be laughing. It's our, we have to. We owe it to each other. Good Christ. Yeah. <laughs> just want to swear a lot now. You can. And uh, I will remind listeners that um, after I go through the credits for the episode, you will be able to hear th the song Thank You uh, by uh, David and Ken, colon, comedy with music, exclamation point, um, during which you too can tell COVID to fuck off. Um, it's been such a fucking pleasure. Uh, David Vilcher, Ken Lawson, uh, where can our fans find you, follow you, and celebrate you besides every Saturday night at 7.30 p.m. and 10 p.m. at the Havana Theater on Commercial Drive? Well, we are on all social media. We're on Facebook. We're on TikTok. We're on uh, Instagram. Uh, maybe we have to set up a Reddit account. Uh, yeah. you, know what, you know what the best thing people can do? And this applies to your podcast as well and every other sort of uh, independent production that's going on. Word of mouth. If everyone can tell people that there's something great going on, whether it's a podcast or whether it's a live show or whether it's a really funny, cool video that their friend made, that is word of mouth is the number one. Follow everyone for sure, but you got to tap someone on the shoulder and say, you got to go see this or check this out or listen to that. And you can get all of uh, tickets and everything, show information at davidandcan.com. 
Nice and easy. And you can find links to everything that they've mentioned in the footnotes for this episode. Thank you both so very much. Thank you, Sabrina. This was great. This was amazing. Uh, we've had we had colons, we had fuck COVID, we had Maslow's hierarchy of needs. <laughs> like I'm feeling just inspired <laughs> right now. Uh, and I also would like to thank our listeners. Please like, subscribe, leave us a review if you're a song client. I sound like I'm begging now, but I am. Uh, they help us find even more listeners, and we can keep having conversations such as this. You can find us at www.yvrscreenscene.com. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram at YVRScreenScene. The YVR Screen Scene podcast is hosted and executive produced by myself, Sabrina Ronnie Firminger. Just wooed myself. And it's edited by Simon Firminger. Special thanks to Mariana Firminger for recording our Patreon ad, to Paul Firminger for technical support, and to Dane, not Firminger Devil, a poor not Firminger Dane for the original music. Wavir Screen Scene is a division of Fish Flight Entertainment. Join us next time for another deep dive into Vancouver's dynamic film and television scene. And now I give you from David and Ken, colon, comedy with music, exclamation point. Thank you. begins with a story about an important but largely forgotten piece of Hollywood North history, the fish flight. In the 1980s, the fish flight was an early morning flight from Vancouver that delivered fresh fish to Los Angeles before the start of the business day. 
These were the early days of Hollywood North, before digital deliveries and fast transfer speeds, and the pioneers of the Vancouver film industry began loading up the fish flight with film reels so Hollywood execs could review the footage shot on the previous day. The fish flight was also one of the building blocks of the visual effects and animation mecca that is present-day Vancouver. And Fish Flight Entertainment builds on this legacy. Fish Flight Entertainment serves the games, film, and television industries. We remember the days of the fish flight and attack our projects with the same passion as those pioneering days of yore. We believe in jumping off the cliff and building our wings on the way down. And who knows? That old fish with improvised wings may even fly. Learn more about Fish Flight Entertainment at fishflightentertainment.com. That's fishflightentertainment.com.